Hello and welcome to Foxed, the practical podcast series from Fox & Partners. In these podcasts, we'll be looking at scenarios from our day-to-day practice, offering solutions to some of the most pressing partnership and employment law questions we hear from our clients. Our goal is to offer a digest of some of today's key issues in a succinct and practical style that we hope you'll find useful and engaging. Thanks for listening. Well, welcome to the latest edition of the Fox podcast. I'm Ivor Adair. I'm a partner at Fox and & Partners, and I'm joined today by my colleague, Claire Plum. Uh, so in this podcast, we're going to take a practical look at social media misuse. Uh, we'll discuss where things can go a bit or sometimes disastrously wrong for businesses. And we'll offer you some insights and solutions to the problems that we see emerging in this um, interesting area. Uh, so Claire, the popularity and growth of social media uh, is just staggering. There are literally billions of active social media users and it's becoming more relevant in the employment context. And for businesses, there's a real attraction in the ability to seemingly do a lot with minimal effort. Uh, you can share expertise, you can connect and build relationships with customers and clients uh, and promote a positive image. And you can do all of this very quickly and to very large numbers. And what we see increasingly is that employees are being encouraged to use their social media following to their employer's advantage. But there can be some problems with the informality of that kind of forum. And some employers will go as far as attempting to regulate what is said, you know, to ensure nothing off message gets broadcasted. And we find that for many leadership teams these days, brand, their reputation and a social media mishap is a major issue and one to be on top of. Uh, There's also risks with leaking confidential information, some tricky issues with monitoring and the potential of discrimination claims on the recruitment side. Fold into this mix the effects of the pandemic and the blurring of boundaries between work and private life, and there's a lot to navigate. But then again, there's plenty to get right that a competitor business may get wrong. Uh, so today we propose to look at some scenarios to illustrate the issues, uh, and we'll discuss the right way to approach these new challenges and offer you some practical solutions. So increasingly in practice, we see the use of social media becoming the basis of disciplinary action. Claire, let's start by hearing your thoughts on some specific situations. Uh, Take the reports of individuals posting racist comments on social media following that Euro 2020 final, for example. This will probably got businesses wondering where they stand if they discovered their employees were posting these kind of comments from their personal social media accounts. Uh, What's the approach there? Well, Ivor, the first point to make is that employers aren't powerless to act in that kind of situation, and very often they can take action. But a lot depends on the specific facts of the case. So if it's clear from the post or the account who employs the person and the post is perpetuating racial harassment, then there'll be a strong argument that the employer's name has been brought into disrepute. An employer would have grounds to carry out an investigation and it may decide it's appropriate to discipline or dismiss the offender. Even if it's not apparent from the post who employs the individual, this kind of posting could still constitute misconduct. So potentially a fair reason to dismiss there, but if not handled in the right way, a risk of that resulting in a challenge, perhaps even an unfair dismissal claim? Yes, employees with at least two years service will have unfair dismissal rights and normal unfair dismissal law will apply. So a fair process should be followed and an employer's reactions need to be within a range of reasonable responses. And let's say an employer's social media post or blog contains obscene language, or maybe they decide to comment on a controversial topic, but they do so offensively. This can raise thorny issues if the employer takes the view the comments are contrary to corporate values or below perhaps what they may think of expected standards of online behaviour. Can you talk us through what the courts are telling us and what management should be thinking about to get on top of these problems? Well, so far, the courts have been unwilling to set out strict guidelines for employers to follow in these kinds of cases. But they've acknowledged that certain factors will be relevant, and these include 
whether the employer has a social media policy, the nature and seriousness of the alleged misuse, if there are any previous warnings for similar misconduct, and if there's evidence of actual or potential damage done to customer relationships. The courts would also have regard to whether the offensive post is clearly labelled as representing the individual's own views. However, if it's clear that the individual or post is connected with the employer, then this or my own views point is likely to be of marginal significance. An individual's case would probably be helped by removing the offensive comment as quickly as possible. Any investigation into potential misconduct should consider if the post was for a specific work-related purpose or was made on a work account. It's also worth checking if work equipment has been used to make the post as that can be relevant too. If the social media post was on a private account, then the content of the post will need to be considered in its context. And you can't rule out a complaint by a customer or a client if they become aware of the offensive post. So worthwhile planning for that scenario? Yes, it's entirely possible that a client complains that the employee's online comments are against their values. They could put pressure on the business to dismiss the employee, maybe even threaten to end the entire business relationship unless that employee is removed. In that kind of scenario, a dismissal might well be fair on grounds of some other substantial reason. Considerations here may include how important that business is to the employer and whether it was a request to remove the employee or end the business relationship entirely. Establishing there is a real commercial risk, having some dialogue with the client or customer about the issue and thinking about alternatives might help avoid unfair dismissal claims. Planning for this kind of scenario and addressing the issue of a third party requesting dismissal in the employee's contract or policy documents could be critical. Your first line of defence is really your social media policy and related procedures. What's your take on this, Ivor? Well, I think the importance of having a clear social media policy in place and taking a systematic approach to developing and maintaining good social media practices just can't be overstated. And when it comes to this kind of policy, a made-to-measure approach is best and clear wording is critical. The business should think through what kind of social media and business culture it would like to promote and what should the policy do. Most employers want to protect its reputation and uh, relationships with clients, customers and third parties and so on, and they'll want provisions in the policy that protect intellectual property and confidential information from disclosure. So what is prohibited should be spelled out in the policy. Uh, it should be made clear that employees must not disparage clients, customers, fellow employees and other staff and so on online. Uh, employees should be told not to hold themselves out as speaking on behalf of their employer unless they're authorised to do so. It should also be made clear that a breach of the policy and this includes breaches of other policies such as bullying and harassment or dignity at work on social media could warrant disciplinary action, including dismissal. This can really help an employer take action with more confidence where one colleague has abused another or bullied someone online. And what are your tips for dealing with that kind of scenario? In those kind of cases, relying on an incident of harassment and breach of your policy is likely to be easier to justify them uh, bringing into distribute charge alone. And that's because an employment tribunal would consider the distribute issue objectively and they would need to see evidence. The business may also want to consider categorising gross misconduct in its documentation as being capable of bringing the company into distribute rather than merely bringing the company into distribute. I'd also recommend setting out clearly where any social media misuse should be reported. And it's also worth noting that a switched on business will not want to impose unnecessary restrictions on their social media use, so a balance will need to be struck. I'd recommend the business think about separate guidelines and training for the use of social media, particularly in relation to business use, making it clear how comments on social media can reflect on the business and how to deal with questions or challenging comments from third parties where the employee is contacted directly over social media. This can help tackle uncertainties and how to deal with those less extreme examples. 
And it's important to keep in mind that attitudes as to what is acceptable on social media can vary enormously. Dealing with issues such as colleagues making exaggerated claims about themselves or others uh, and making it clear what the business deems as disrespectful and offensive will really help, as will making it clear what the business considers confidential or proprietary. Uh, you may also want to consider whether or not employees should state in social media posts that their views are their own and don't necessarily reflect those of the business. But as you say, Claire, that has its limitations. Yes, that's right. And presumably these guidelines and training sessions you mentioned could also be an opportunity to encourage more effective use of social media. The positives and commercial advantages of developing a following could be explained, perhaps even tips on how to communicate effectively on the various platforms. Yeah, but completely agree. Uh, and communicating that policy is also important, particularly to new joiners. Uh, they may have worked in a different work culture and where the uh, approach to social media was entirely different, uh, you can build that into your induction process. Uh, I'd also make clear that the policy applies to employees, consultants, officers, non-exec directors, and in the case of a partnership, partners also. But in the case of a partnership or an LLP, depending on the uh, culture and the constitutional setup, it might be more appropriate for behaviour on social media to be dealt with in a charter that applies only to partners. Uh, the business should also be monitoring compliance with the policy at regular intervals, uh, and I'd recommend refreshing it from time to time. Uh, it goes without saying, if you have to enforce the policy, make sure you do that consistently to avoid unfair dismissal or discrimination or victimisation claims. Uh, it's very difficult to defend dismissing someone for an offensive tweet if another employee was not sanctioned for a very similar tweet. And Ivy, you mentioned earlier the business risks of confidential information being leaked online. This can be a major headache and worry for leadership teams. From what you're seeing in your day-to-day -day practice, what would you highlight and what practical steps can management take? Well, there's a fair bit that can be done to protect the business. Um, for example, if the individual has access to confidential information, you might want to ensure there's a term in the employment contract that makes it clear posting confidential information online will amount to misconduct. You could also make clear whether or not the employees are permitted to add business contacts to their personal LinkedIn accounts. You may want to ensure that business contacts remain the property of the employer, notwithstanding the employee may have connected to them via LinkedIn, and ensure the employee's contracts require return of those business contacts on termination. And where appropriate, restrictive covenants can be used to support provisions in the employment contract that deal with ownership and deletion of contact lists, tailoring these covenants, particularly non-solicitation, non-dealing, non-poaching provisions to deal with the risks of LinkedIn as an option, and the employer could draft the covenant to provide that setting up a LinkedIn account so that your contacts are notified to a new employer will amount to solicitation. But I think depending on the drafting and the context, there's real uncertainty as to what, whether or not that kind of provision is enforceable. So I think the prudent approach is probably to carry out a very careful drafting exercise to ensure any unenforceable part dealing with LinkedIn can be argued to be severed or cut out by a court. But you need to appreciate a court would only do that so long as there was no need to add to or modify the words. And the employer has the burden of showing that that kind of surgery hasn't changed the overall effect of the covenant. And that might not be easy to do. Uh, or you go down the route of more standard covenants. But we'd always recommend you tailor them to your particular employee situation and to give them their best chance of being enforceable. And employers also have to act very quickly, don't they, where social media misuse is discovered, given how quickly bad news can travel online. They really do. Uh, the business should have a plan in place to investigate potential social media misuse. And this may require moving quickly to take screenshots of posts that may be deleted and document evidence of any loss or damage. And it may be that a separate team is needed to manage client queries on the issues and to shore up relationships that could be quickly damaged by the fallout. And is there anything else the business can do? Well, increasingly employers are appreciating the benefits of having a, a proper reputation management protocol in place uh, that they can press into action. 
This might mean engaging a reputation management firm to ensure that any damage is not made worse by the business's response to it. Uh, that can be particularly important where the employee's post is exposing alleged bad practices within the business. And it's really important in those cases to address the underlying issue, ensure it's taken seriously and examined objectively, as well as in investigating the online transgression. Mishandling that kind of situation can have a negative effect on hiring talent and can be a, a factor encouraging staff attrition. So, Claire, another area to turn to is where social media is used for communication between work colleagues. This raises issues of vicarious liability, particularly in the context of equality law protections. Employers can be exposed to liability where an employee has discriminated in the course of employment uh, and in that situation the employer is deemed to have committed the act. Uh, this can be a tricky area where comments are made on social media but they're made outside of work. Yeah it's it's a really tricky um, area either. Establishing a link with work is key. The courts have acknowledged that it may be difficult to work out if there is that nexus between an activity carried out on personal social media and the individual's employment. In one notable case involving the sharing of a discriminatory image on Facebook, the court made it clear that it was not possible or even desirable to lay down any hard and fast guidance and no clear boundary can be defined. In that case, the fact the employer had treated it as a disciplinary matter didn't mean it was done in the course of employment. So it's really a question of fact having regard to all of the circumstances. Mm. And what about an employer monitoring the content of posts or online activity? What issues arise there? There's quite a few issues there, either. Employers need to be mindful of the UK GDPR and data protection principles, and that obtaining information from a social media account will be processing. So that will include a requirement to do so lawfully, fairly, and in a transparent manner. Taking a proportionate approach is critical, so no more than necessary to accomplish an identified objective. On the recruitment side, employers should be careful to avoid the temptation to delve into an applicant's social media life. This may well contain lots of personal information, for example, whether the applicant has young children, and lead to an allegation that decisions were made influenced by protected characteristics, particularly if some profiles are looked at but not others. A pre-approved review of posts on a LinkedIn profile in the course of a recruitment exercise will be very different to browsing through someone's Facebook photographs, where perhaps there aren't privacy settings in place. So Claire, what are your top tips for employers? Well, employers should take a systematic approach to their social media practices and ensure they maintain an up-to-date social media policy that reflects their desired business culture and objectives. Employers should also consider having separate guidelines and training for social media use, particularly in relation to use for business purposes. Businesses should have a plan in place for if and when things go wrong and potential social media misuse has been identified, which could involve having a proper reputation management protocol in place. Businesses will need to be mindful of the UK GDPR and equality laws should they choose to monitor the content of posts and online activity and should be careful about what online information they are viewing about applicants during the recruitment process. Thanks, Claire. Well, I hope you find our podcast useful. Uh, do get in touch with us at podcast at foxlawyers.com if you have any questions or thoughts about anything you've heard today. Uh, and join us next time when our resident experts on team moves, Caroline Field and Shivraja, will be taking a practical view of that topic and offering their insights. I hope you enjoy that one too. Bye now. Thank you for listening to this episode of Foxed, and we hope you enjoyed it. Don't forget to subscribe or find out more details on our website at foxlawyers.com.